to the XYZ Podcast, where we talk about entertainment and the creative process. I'm Eco, I'm the Y. I'm Zach, I'm the Z. No X Factor again. Well, no, I'd say our X Factor is Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. It yeah. is our X Factor. Uh, yeah. So, um, context for later listeners, this is like, we. this is the Monday after the finale, the, the series finale, which was yesterday's on Sunday. Yeah. So I gotta say, you're actually gonna be the first person I've talked about this with not... Not online. online, yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of excited for that. We yeah. haven't even like we haven't said anything, so I don't know because like everyone knows there's like a huge war online about whether it was good or not. Uh, the surprise. So we don't know if either of us are on either side or even not on either side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we don't, don't know. We don't. We don't know. know. But we're not going to get to that yeah, immediately. Yeah. But just saying, delays just Game of Thrones. Full spoilers. Yeah, full spoilers. So many. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what the fuck are you listening to this episode? Yeah. And I mean, we're also <laughs> going to talk about, uh, so the, the, the things, uh, other media properties we're going to talk about right now are Detective Pikachu. Oh, hell yeah. So spoilers for that, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not really carrying myself. Okay. And then, and Avengers Endgame, because we're going to, we haven't actually talked about this in, in person. No, we haven't. Yeah. Well, we, we've, we've talked, talked about it over text. Yeah. yeah. Essentially. Eco and I saw yeah, yeah. Avengers, a little movie, a little, little indie flick. Like, yeah. Uh, called Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was such not a big deal that, um, it's made, uh, Iron Man's made his way onto like a medical journal cover. Yeah. Which I, which I found today. Anyways, so uh, yeah, yeah, let's let's start with Detective Pikachu. You went and saw it. You liked it. I mean, um, I have. Uh, it's just I walked out of that movie, and I hadn't felt that way about a movie. Well, no, it's just such a fucking bonkers movie. Okay, <laughs> like in many ways, it may have been technically bad, uh, and I'm saying, but it was a hundred percent enjoyable in every sense of the way yeah like it was just completely bonkers just a lot of the choices they made were really weird in some ways it almost felt like a movie that wouldn't come out in 2019 like it might it reminds me a lot of movies that have come out in years past (laughs) in like other decades uh it's kind of who framed roger rabbit but pokemon (laughs) um and it's just all the fucking weird like if you don't know what pokemon is going into that movie your brain is going to explode because it's going to make zero sense. <laughs> yeah. um, and they're not going to explain a lot of shit to you. It's just, uh, but in part, cause so much of Pokemon is just already in the zeitgeist. Like, yeah. Um, like, you know what Ditto is, right? Yeah, I know what Ditto is. Yeah, 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 they have a Ditto in there, and they don't really explain what Ditto is. They, <laughs> they kind of explain what Ditto does a little bit just visually, because yeah. they show him transforming. Yeah. But they're never like, oh, this is just a Pokemon that transformed. <laughs> uh, the first Pokemon you see is a Cubone. Yeah. And they pretty much immediately are like, oh yeah, and he's wearing his dead relative's skull. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, that's 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 Cubone, generally. Yeah, yeah he yeah, wears his mom's Cubone. skull. <laughs> Uh, they don't really like go into it. They're just like, "Oh yeah, that's a Cubone. Uh, he wears his dead relative skull. That's how they say it." Uh, <laughs> and like the first thirty minutes or so of the movie are just straight up like very hard boiled detective film noir. Okay, from like the nineteen thirties, like very much a pastiche of that. Yeah, and then it becomes a Pokemon movie, and it just goes insane. Uh, but it's just really interesting because for like 30 minutes they're really strict on this detective film noir scene, scene in a kid's movie and then it just kind of 
like just the lighting and everything. Uh, they're definitely taking things from like the Maltese Falcon, uh, Raymond Chandler stuff, and like there's direct references to the Third Man. Just yeah. like deep film noir cuts, but also and then, like like they have this the female character, the lead female character. Uh, blanking on her name, but the actress was in Big Little Lies uh, as like the the the, the daughter. Uh, anyways, uh, she she comes on and she's just very much like. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, so I yeah. can look this shit up. Um, Catherine Newton, I want to say her name is. Uh, she comes in with her Psyduck, and she's Ace Reporter, and she's just like very. She kind of feels like a character straight out of the Pokemon cartoon, uh, even <laughs> though these other characters kind of feel like. You know, characters in live action movies, because that's a thing. Yeah. Is yeah. that in a cartoon, you can very much hand wave a lot of ridiculousness. Yeah. But in a live action movie, suddenly it's all tangible and it's like weird to see just all this shit. Uh, have you ever seen the show You're the Worst? No. Okay. No. Oh, man. Uh, the, the One of the main characters on that show is in this show, mm-hmm. is in this movie, and he's just playing the same character. It was really jarring to me because that's like not a big show. Literally playing the same character. Uh, you know the actor Bill Nye? Bill Nye? Not Bill Nye the science guy, but the British guy. Did you see Love Actually? No, I need. That's one of the classes I haven't seen. It's, which I mean, a lot of people make accurate arguments that it is a bad movie, but I love it to no end. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's amazing to me. Well, it's, I, it's the European Christmas movie. Everybody watches it. I don't know if you there are had that two Christmas movies that I watch every year, yeah. and one of them is Love It Actually. So, Bill Nye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean. He kind of is, is a guy. He's in Love Actually, uh, where he kind of plays a ridiculous role in that. Yeah. But he kind of has this vibe of just because he's an old British dude. Of you expect him to be in these like just. You expect him to be in fancy movies, and it's just fun <laughs> watching him be in Detective Pikachu, just going, "Yes, yeah, in Pokemon, you, they evolve." And and, and was then he Professor Oak or Professor Oak analog. There was no, no, there was none of that kind of <laughs> okay. analog because okay. it's based off the video game Detective Pikachu, oh, which okay. is not okay. even. So apparently, when they first started writing that movie, that game I think hadn't even been released in Japan yet. <laughs> um, so okay. So Bill Nye is just like playing this guy in a wheelchair who's just like the leader of a corporation and the mayor of this town, and it's a town where, like, because normally when you think of Pokemon, it's about Pokemon battles. Yeah. But this is a place where people are living side by side with Pokemon. Yeah. So Pokemon battles, the main thing about Pokemon as well as Pokeballs, are basically outlawed in this town. Okay. Yeah. So. That's a, the main things you know about Pokemon are just thrown out the window. And of course, they have a scene where there's an underground Pokemon battle because you can't <laughs> have a Pokemon. You, yeah, you need to fan service that a little bit. Yeah. At least. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Uh, in that same scene, they have a Magikarp evolve into a Gyarados. Because uh, uh, again, it's fan service. Yeah. Um, you have like action scenes that kind of lead nowhere. Like, <laughs> like I think objectively, it's probably a bad movie. Yeah. But also at the same time, it's a good movie because it's just a hundred percent enjoyable. Yeah, because you don't give a fuck about like yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not like leading to something else or the end point of something else. <gasps> uh, foreshadowing for what we're gonna talk about later. Also, also the very end of it. Oh my god. Um, major spoiler. Major spoiler. Uh, is just like it's the most bonkers ending. It's just I can't even I can't even get into what it turns out the villain's plot is, okay. uh, and also 
the reveal at the end is just fucking insane. Uh, can I tell you? Uh, it's gonna spoil the movie. I, I'd rather not. Okay, because okay, I, no. I, I might actually see it now that no. you hyped it up to me, man. Uh, <laughs> it's like this is not a movie I was even remotely gonna plan to see, but you hyped it up. It's know. it's just it's it's so much. Uh, and I really just as a Pokemon fan, it was just exciting to see. Oh, there's that Pokemon, and there's that Pokemon. Bulbasaur's got a cool scene, and I was excited for that. Um, There's a non-zero chance that you've convinced me to see this like tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I f- I'm now. I'm worried that I may have hyped it up too much, but it was just like, honestly, I left the theater just thinking this is the most bonkers theater experience I've had since I saw Sorry to Bother You. Okay, which was my favorite movie last year. Yeah. I'm gonna go on record as saying that I don't think Detective Pikachu's gonna hit that for me, but. It was just a an experience where I was just like, that was wild. That was an insane... They made some insane choices, and I think they worked. But I just... I'm amazed we live in a world where that worked. <laughs> uh, and I... Uh, see Detective Pikachu. Uh, everybody. You heard it here first, guys. Yeah. Okay, so you want to talk about Endgame. Yeah, we'll talk briefly <laughs> about Endgame. I mean, that was a great movie. Um, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I'm like, I'm more hyped about Endgame, but yeah. it's just I saw Detective Pikachu yeah, yeah. more recently, yeah. so that's in me right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. Uh, I mean, they they wrapped everything up really well. I mean, I really enjoyed every all the all the plot elements. The uh, the, the time jump was awesome. I fucking love that. I mean, I'm a fan of a time jump. Yeah, I love when they do a time. Jump. I, I love so. I love the way the um the trailers kind of set up this idea that you know immediately we're gonna go back and fight him right, and then in the first couple of minutes of the movie you, you, they set that up right. And spoilers for Endgame, obviously at this point. But, uh, complete spoilers for just everything. Yeah, just be caught up on pop culture. Yeah, but so well, through the trailers, it's like, oh yeah, they're just gonna go. They go and fight him right then, right? And yeah. then um in the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie, they do, and you're like. Oh, this can't be the movie. So you kind of have that in your mind, but it's also like, I'm, but because it undercuts your expectation of that, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck is this, the rest of the movie going to be? It's so insane. I just love, they just go there. There's not even a fight. It's essentially. It's an execution, man. Yeah. Let's just say it. Like in that scene, they do a really good job of making the Avengers kind of look like the bad guys. I mean, obviously, we all know in context, this guy killed 50% of the universe. Yeah. Uh, But. Like, just isolated as a scene, the Avengers are kind of framed almost as just, like, a revenge squad. Yeah. Uh, Avenging. Actually, I think at that point they are. They're all in that stage of, like... I mean, I I saw a good video about the, like, it's a... The movie is kind of an exploration of, like, the stages of grief. A lot of the characters have a specific stage that they're associated with. So, in that... But in that... During that fight, like, I think everybody's just angry. Yeah. Especially Thor. Yeah. Yeah, that's also just him, man. He's just yeah. like an old school, uh, not modern day warrior. He's yeah. just like a fucking like ruthless. Th- he, he, yeah. he, the Viking in him came out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I love the choices of how they advance the character. I mean, like, of dealing with the fucking grief. Basically. Yeah. They, they had, like, that was. They all I tell loved, I lo- Yeah, I love yeah. that choice because, like, you, you could have easily had it be, like, I don't know, some type of big fight in the. Like, Building up to the same type of fight that happened, but with no time jump and no people dealing with things and just, and just, okay, like revenge and anger and we, we just kind of win. And that would have been so cheap, you know? Yeah. And so like 
get having the time jump really lets you explore what happened afterwards. And I, I, I really love that choice because I mean, all the character reveals were, were freaking great. Yeah, too. The, just yeah. seeing where they're at at the after the five years. Yeah. But right now, I'm just going through in my head because this is the first time I've heard the stages of grief thing in each of them. Yeah. So. Here's my guess. Yeah. It's just because now I'm trying to match them to each character. Yeah. So I'm saying Hulk is acceptance because he's just kind of moved past it. Uh, there was kind of gotten. There, there's an argument that Hulk was more um, the bargain bargaining. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say uh, uh, Tony Stark might be denial because he's just like, well, I'm moving past this. Was he acceptance? I think. Uh, yeah. Okay. In that video, I can see why he's acceptance. In that video, he was acceptance. I mean, this is all subjective, obviously, yeah. but I mean, so I see your point. No, actually, no, now that you're saying that, that does make yeah. more sense. Uh, he was obviously, lucky, obviously, no, no. Yeah. Uh, Thor is, uh, what is it? Wait, wait. So the five stages of grief are despair. De- is this denial? Well, denial, no, denial. anger, uh, bargaining, depression, acceptance. So I'm going to go with Thor was definitely depression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hawkeye was anger. Yeah, for sure. Um, Captain America would be, wait, so we're in denial, bargaining. Just, I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember America. what Cap was. Yeah. Honest. I feel like he doesn't fit on, fit, fit on that. He doesn't really fit in that. Yeah. yeah. But Black Widow somewhere on there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which one? Which Den- one denial. Okay. Because he's still trying yeah, to do. Yeah. Because she's still, fi- yeah. Yeah. She's okay. still fighting the fight. And she's like, and, um, the, like the video mentioned, and I think this is a video by the Carlin Brothers. If I, if you want to check out the original video, I don't know who the Carlin Brothers are. Are they George's son? Huh? You know George Carlin? No, I don't think so. They're related I related to Dan Carlin. I never Gore history. I never Google this. <laughs> I, I never Google this. So, uh, so they um. Man, I, I lost my train. I thought a little bit. Oh yeah, I was, oh yeah, because Sorry, she, she's so she's yeah. so into she, no no she's so into. The idea of, you know, having a team that she's like, that that the underwater earthquake, she, she's like, let's go investigate that. And Akoi is just like, no, it's an underwater earthquake. Nobody cares. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I saw, and I, I think they're totally off, but there were, there were a couple comments online that were like, oh, the underground earthquake or the underwater earthquake is clearly setting up Namor. Namor. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who that is, but yeah. Like, okay. Other than, other than He's the, the first Marvel hero. Oh really? He predates uh, the first two Marvel heroes are Namor, the Submariner, and the Human Torch, and then Captain America came along. Oh wow! So in 1937, actually, I think the first superhero crossover was Namor and the Human Torch. But the Namor's his he's kind of been in flux rights wise because uh, he's kind of both a Fantastic Four character and an X Men character. Oh yeah, so, so that's really. Gray yeah, yeah. He, but he's also just a Marvel character. I don't know. So yeah, the, the, his rights were kind of in flux, but now they're not. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah so <laughs> Endgame that yeah. has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was um. I, I love that jump. Uh, yeah, to, to wrap that up, and there were a couple of other things that I, I felt like um that I was able to read into into the movie that I felt made it better. For example, like there was another theory that I, I don't I don't remember who who published it, but basically the um. The theory is that Iron Man is the one to defeat, quote unquote, defeat Thanos because he's the he's the adaptable one. Because every time he sees, every time there's a problem with the suit or he sees something that his suit isn't built to handle, in the next iteration, it's it's there. Yeah, the counter is there. So I thought it was very like they didn't state this explicitly, so they kind of snuck this in there. But I saw this as so the last time he fights Thanos is on Titan. And um, they they have him trapped, and they're trying to get the gauntlet off, right? 
and they can't. But so he's like, you know what? Why, why are we trying to get the gauntlet off? Oh, I saw this online too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So why are we trying to get the gauntlet? Like, why don't I just build a gauntlet into my suit and just steal the fucking stones? Yeah. Right? And then that's that's exactly what he does. And I'm like, that's a nice, like, subtle tie, tie into the fact that he's the smart guy. He's the adaptable guy. He failed in that way. And he's like, well, I will never fail like that again. So he, you know, he builds the counter. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Um, was there any other theory that... Oh yeah, there was something I talked about, like um, kind of like I guess the the pathos of the Thanos character in this one versus the Infinity War. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if that's the correct term, but but basically whether or not you you feel like he deserves to win. Yeah, and in Infinity War he does. You feel like he does deserve to win because he has suffered, he has sacrificed, he has lost a lot, a lot of his quote unquote children. What did it cost? What, everything. everything. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> So in that sense, you feel like he's he's kind of earned the right to win. But in in Endgame, that version of Thanos didn't because all he did was skip to the future. Yeah, the Avengers did all the sacrifices. He skipped collecting. all the chapters. He skipped everything. Yeah. He skipped right to the end. He's like, well, I deserve to win. Went but straight no, to the destination. No journey to no journey. No, no journey, journey to earn it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, I, like, I think they did that very well. And I, I, a lot of these things, I actually feel. They, they to me like could be reaches, but I feel like they aren't. I feel like these were intentional themes and planned out actually. Yeah, because I, I mean, just, just from yeah, everything that, I've heard about makes sense about the directors and yeah. and Kevin Feige and how they their attention to detail like comic stuff like like for example the like I, I read and I, I we talked about this too, but I read about the um, the dusting of Spider Man in Infinity War. Like he knew it was coming because of Spider Sense, and that, and like they never explicitly say that, but they use that, and I'm like, that's such a small detail that they put in there. That's like it just shows it shows their attention to, to like these things. Yeah. Oh yeah, and that's why he's able to to know say he's go. yeah. I don't feel so good. Yeah. That's a Spider Sense. Yeah. Tell him he doesn't feel so good. Yeah, that's a Spider Sense. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, such I'm such a cool detail, that. right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, I think, I think they had it mapped out for a while. Probably not. I mean, at least since I think after Iron Man one in Incredible Hulk, they started to map out the idea for where this was going to go. Yeah, I think Iron Man one, they were just like, we're just going to make Iron Man right, and let's see if this works. And, at all. and yeah. because I mean, the a lot of what they say is that a lot of it was uh, John Favreau, RDJ. And um, Jeff Bridges just, like, hash it out kind of, like, in one night. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, like, in a trailer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in a cave with a box of scraps. That's how they created uh, Iron Man. Um, <laughs> well, you know how um, the funny thing is, like, you know how Taika Waititi, he pitched Thor Ragnarok, right? Yeah. Was he cut together a bunch of action scenes with Immigrant Song? playing under it from the other movies oh man why did it take them three thor movies to put in the immigrant song i it's just dude, it's, it's yeah. perfect yeah it's it is. i remember the first trailer for that movie came out and i was so pumped just hearing yeah. that because it just goes with thor so well. yeah it does yeah. oh my god i really hope like I, i'm intrigued to see obviously they they put thor on the guardians, As of, the guardians of the galaxy but I, I still hope we get another Thor solo movie yeah. with Taika. Because uh, it was so good. It, yeah, it's it was so, so good. good. Uh, and I, I, like, I like the Guardians. Um, 
I don't really like Peter Quill that much. Okay. And the Guardians movies have so far been mostly about Peter Quill. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to see a Guardians movie that's... I don't want to see... I want to see a Thor movie where he's not hampered down by the Guardians. Yeah. Uh, especially, I don't... I, I, I think Chris Hemsworth is just far more the superior Chris to Chris Pratt. Okay. Who, yeah. my opinion, has gone downhill of... Uh, look, he was perfect in Parks and Recreation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I still like the Guardians movies. I just, like, I want to... I think my favorite characters are the ones who aren't Chris Pratt. Though I think Guardians 2 was a great tale about a son and his father. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't want to be overly critical of it because I do think Guardians 2 was pretty good. Uh, and Guardians I, 1 was amazing. I, I feel like I, I, Guardians 2 hit home better for me than Guardians 1 as far as like the emotional heart. But. I, I think the more I think about it, yeah. No, yeah. The, the arc between him and the villain, like it's definitely an improvement villain-wise. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I think they, she's, she's yeah. Um, you know what? No, I'm saying all these things and it's just because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't I, love his performances but uh, well, I mean, but like, I do you... think thematically it's a better movie, yeah. Guardians Two. Uh, I actually watched a weird video. It was like I watched the first five minutes of a thirty-minute video about somebody who's like a Marvel movie skeptic, but yeah. she loved Guardians Two. Oh yeah, of thematic uh, trail of it because like it is a great movie about um, about, about daddy about daddy issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like you said before, that you enjoy Guardians one more, and you know it's a you know it's like whatever you can you can enjoy something more and also think something else is better. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I want to really rank them. I think it's more of just my feeling when I saw them in theaters. Yeah, it has stuck with me. Is just the first time I saw Guardians one in theaters, it blew me away. Yeah, and the first time I saw Guardians two in theaters, I thought it was really good, but. I think a lot of my feelings were, oh, a lot of the things that would have blown me away already blew me away in Guardians 1. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that was part of it. But I think Guardians 2 might stand the test of time slightly better. Yeah. Um, also, just any movie with Kurt Russell. Come on, <laughs> man. Kurt Russell. Great. Great. Anything more we want to cover about Endgame? Um, to you at this point. You had, like, a lot of things that I just did not... Kind of like wowed me with uh, I, I just, some of the I, things you've been looking up about Endgame. Because I, I, I've been well, I've been watching these videos leading up to it. Yeah, and then like you know, I watch it, I like it, and then I like, have some time to sit and think about it. I'm like, they did that, the, especially the Iron Man one. I was like, I didn't, I had no, I did not connect it in my head at the time at all. Yeah, but then like like the next week, I'm like, oh yeah, he steals it because he. Because that's the obvious thing to do when you can't, like, get the fucking gauntlet off on its own. Like, all in one piece is just to steal the stone. It's just to take the important part and not yeah. the gauntlet yeah. itself. Yeah, and it's like, he would have known because he failed trying to do exactly that. Yeah. And he would have thought about that. So he found a workaround. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was good. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited to see where the Marvel movies go, but I could also have seen that as a very, I mean, obviously it's a fitting end. Yeah. But I'm excited we're getting more. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they have a, it's a formula, but it's a good one. So yeah. like, I'm already watching the new season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just started. Oh, yeah. Um, hasn't addressed the snap yet, huh. so. I guess I guess we could talk about along those lines. I've I've seen I've watched uh, Punisher season one. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, but I haven't seen season two yet. I've I've only seen the first episode okay. of season two. It's um it's not as compelling so far for me just because like for me it felt very clear that they developed the story of the Punisher from beginning to end for season one, and it was like very tied up in a neat ass bow. 
It's just like there. I mean, they have one setup for a future villain with with Billy Russo. Yeah, because I they mean, made him jigsaw. It's, yeah, it was, he's supposed. To, it's like, oh yeah, okay, we're getting jigsaw now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everything mean, else just tied up so well. Is that yeah. the is that the first? That's the only Netflix Marvel show you've seen, right? Um, yes, yeah. yes. Because I would argue, I know Jessica Jones season one was like perfect. Yeah, but it also just the thing is, it's a complete story and it really tied it up. And the villain was so central to the story, and uh, the villain's not going to show up in season two. Yeah. Um, and season two, it was fine, but um, it was just like season one, they tied such a neat bow on it. And I think Daredevil season one suffered a little bit from this, or season two also suffered from a similar thing. Um, and then they brought it back for season three, though I still really enjoyed it. I think Daredevil is the best of those series, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, uh, Punisher, I... There's ups and downs in that for sure. I, I liked it. It's been a yeah. while since I've... It's been yeah. like a year and a half since yeah. I've seen it, dude. Obviously, John Berthold fucking kills it. He's great. He's, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that, yeah, he... Berenthal? Berenthal? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I felt predisposed to dislike him because I watched the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead, Yeah, and I just fucking hated him so much. Not necessarily just his character... Well, no, mostly his character. They wrote his character really badly, and I was really glad when they killed off that character because all he did was just make the story less interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, he was just a foil to just. I mean, obviously, you need foils in stories, but he just kind of foil to be a foil. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how it felt. Purpose, yeah. It felt it, it felt like he was just being dumb, and I was so glad they killed him off. Uh, and and because of that, I felt predisposed to dislike John, uh, the the actor John Barenthal. And then he comes on Daredevil season two as the Punisher, and he's just fucking great. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that. Haven't seen but I, I need to see that. I'm actually the only reason I'm watching Daredevil season one is to to, to get to that. Actually, have you started it? I I watched the first episode. Oh. It hasn't been a binge. I've just been like okay. you know, yeah slow but um i mean the, some of the cooler parts for me about this punisher were were like the um i guess the you could call the reverse interrogation moments okay um the, the you're going to have to remind me so when um again spoilers for obviously so many spoilers but uh, when he um when he goes after wolf right the way he uh the way he intentionally makes his uh, who is wolf again he was the homeland security agent in charge before he got Killed by the Punisher. Okay. Yeah, I don't he, he, He's this. the guy that also sh- shoots Micro. Okay. So he's yeah. the guy that tries to bury it. For- I legit just don't remember season one, which wow. is why I haven't seen season yeah. two yet, because I know I'm going to have to wow. rewatch yeah. season yeah. one. I well, remember she, there's a season where he's, he's the, off he, in the woods. I remember there's the lady who's kind of tracking him, and then they team up, but yeah, she's yeah, kind of yeah. cool. No, yeah, Dina. So Dina's the character. But her boss at the beginning was is Wolf. Okay. He's the guy that sh- tries to bury it from the homeland side. Oh, and then Russo kills him. No, no, no. No, no. no. Then, then, then Punisher kills him. Frank kills him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See? My memory is yeah. bad on this. Okay. So he's the, he's the boss <laughs> on the homeland security side. Okay, so, like, the story is basically Frank goes into his house, right? Uh-huh. And then um, he, he, tie, he beats him up, ties him up. And um, starts asking questions with the mask and everything, right? Yeah. And um, tortures him kind of in a stupid way, just like and um, he, but he intentionally. I didn't know it was intentional because like, but they showed they showed that um, Wolf's uh, hands were bound behind his back, 
and but the binds were kind of not very good. Mm-hmm. So Punisher torches him, blah blah. blah. And he's, it's like you kind of know that's not. It's like we all know torture doesn't work. Yeah. So, but then and and we even, all learned from the film Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> God. But he even so so Wolf even says you're not like you're clearly not a professional because you you should know that doesn't work. Well, that's what we learned, right? And then, uh-huh. um, um, you know, Frank ignores him and shoots him in the knee. Okay, whatever. So you're like, okay, this is not this is not good. Okay, right. But then what happens is he, um, uh, Wolf gets free of his restraints. Yeah, and then gets the gun. Like and, Annie. She got her gun. <laughs> she got her gun. Gets the gun. Um, you know, uh, basically, you know, sticks up Frank and then takes off the mask. And he's like, oh, it's Frank. And then he starts spilling his guts on what the fuck happened. Because he's so arrogant in that moment. And uh-huh. the, and it's like, and then uh, when he pulls the trigger and it's like, it's empty. It's like, asshole, the gun is empty. It's like, oh, that was a reverse interrogation. Okay. Yeah. He made a thingy on the other hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like when a character's yeah. thinking, man, I don't remember that at all. But I do love that when a character, yeah. when it, whenever you have that reveal of, oh, it looks like, it looks like that character fell into their trap. And then, boom, you activated yeah. my trap card. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just, like, liked it because it was a characterization that, like, Punisher is a very smart operator. Yeah. yeah. And then, He does what he does well. Yeah. 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 And then the second one is somewhat like that, but when he gets, when they capture him at the very end, and Agent Orange is torturing him, and he basically creates a wedge between him and Rousseau. And which lets you know, you know, we we know we know what happens. He gets Russo cuts his uh, binds a little bit, gets free, gets revenge. You know, yeah. Uh, I was like, but yeah, the wedge was like it's a cool. He like he knows the psychology of the characters, yeah, the arrogance on both sides, and how they how they see each other, and then plays it off, plays them off each other. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should really rewatch the show. Uh, well, in part in preparation for season two. But that's mostly right now. My I'm on very much of a show backlog. Yeah, because I'm still rewatching Game of Thrones, <laughs> even though it's over now. Nice segue, by the way. Yeah. Boom. Ooh, Boom. yeah, yeah. If we want to segue into Game of yeah, Thrones, yeah. that's what we, that's that's what I feel beefed up. Okay, on. yeah. I'm still mid in my rewatch because I rewatched season one and then I skipped to six and seven. Yeah. Uh, because I had to, I had like a week to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I skipped two through five. So right now I'm in season four. Okay, yeah. So uh, of my rewatch because I kind of slowed down. Yeah. Uh, once the once season eight started. Um, quick question: What did you think of season eight? Oh man, so mixed, so mixed. Man. Okay. So okay, I can give you. I can go episode by episode. Uh, so one was okay. Uh huh. Episode two was fantastic. Two was fantastic. Three was good right up until the point that Arya kills the Night King. Not because it was Arya, but just because it such an empty villain. Such a It's just villain. like it's just like you've been plotting this since the prologue. I wanna come off right now. Yeah. I I actually really liked season eight. Okay. I, I see there were a lot of flaws. Yeah. But I think I don't think it was worse than a couple of the previous seasons. Okay. I'll, I'll, also, I'll say this, right? Yeah. Like, I can see where I, why you say it's not as bad as the previous seasons. For me, I forget. Oh, I'm not saying it's better yeah. than the yeah, yeah. previous. Or... But see, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, like season seven rushed and everything too, right? Yeah. Very rushed. But I feel like I forgave season seven in hopes that season eight would pay off. And that makes sense. Rushed. Okay. Right. My, my big thing was 
I think because I read the books before I started the show yeah. very, very purposely. Yeah. Uh, and then I started watching the show and I was like, oh, I still prefer the books. Okay. Uh, and I loved seasons one through four. And then at some point it kind of became a different show. Yeah. But I feel like I set my expectations a little bit lower. Okay. And I still think it's a good show. And I'd still enjoy it. And I maybe it's it's because I have the books to fall back on, which may, might... Yeah, that's legit. might not even end, but part of me is just like that's this leg- entire time is I'm just like, oh, this is a visual representation of the books. Yeah, yeah it yeah. doesn't have to be because they've already they've already neutered the Martells and uh, the, they don't have the Aegon Targaryen thing. We've talked about Game of yeah. Thrones previously yeah, yeah, on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. And I want to be clear: off season Game of Thrones, me was talking. Um, I kind of so. When the seasons aren't going on, I'm not really thinking. You just saw how I was talking about Punisher, where right, right. Like, I just forgot. I just yeah. forgotten everything. Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones, but in between the seasons, I kind of like let myself forget, like stop thinking about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so I just like don't have anything to say about them. And now I've thought about them. So yes, we were saying uh, Night King, kind of an empty villain. Yeah. They've been setting up since literally the first yeah. scene of the series. The first scene. Yeah, I know <laughs> that. Like, okay, so. Uh, I'm just writing some stuff down so I can. What they should have done. My biggest, my biggest issue with this season and the last season is pacing. Is yes, you you should have made them ten episodes. You should have taken the ten episodes. Last season should have, or the second to last season should have ended with the night king. Ah, like it should have ended with the long night or whatever, and then maybe they're defeating him. Uh, And then you can just spend season ten on the last war, right? Yeah, Yeah, or whatever. Uh, season nine, I guess. It would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or season eight. Yeah, yeah it could have even eight. just been it season just seven. Be yeah. Long seven, long eight. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you could throw in another season there, and then you yeah. could have thrown in the whole fake Aegon Targaryen plot, <laughs> or or not fake. He might be real. Because yeah. here's my thought: in the book, it won't be Danny versus Cersei in that last scene. Okay. Or not that last scene, but in the bells. Okay. It'll be. It'll probably be Targaryens against each other. Okay. Uh, but. Sorry, you haven't read the books. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So what did you think of... So the ratings. So the ratings. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Long Night is like... It's very mixed. I'd no. say the, the, the episode after that, uh, Last of the Starks, I guess. The episode four was like... That was definitely the low point for me. Yeah, I think that's generally... Oh, I Rightfully the low point. There were moments I liked in that There episode. were moments I liked, but then the, oh, my, the ending, I was... Oh, shake my head so much, man. How did it end again? I'm Rhaegal gets shot out of the sky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, yeah. God. I was like, what? It's like, you know how hard it is to hit so- hit a hit a flying target? To with, not, with a gun? Yeah, I can get. <laughs> like, with a fucking gun. Like, and then to go with crossbows to do that, like, large, very unwieldy crossbows to yeah. aim that well. It is so fucking hard to hit a target in the sky that's moving at any speed. Uh, my my theory for how that'll be explained in the books, because here's my thought is, they got uh, the, the the last season, last couple seasons were just a lot of the skeleton of the book, and they're, yeah. they're scenes that will happen in the book, but they'll make a lot more sense in the book, because we'll yes. have more. Like, so I my under, thought is... I can understand how it could be. So yeah. you should go ahead. Yeah. Urine Greyjoy kind of sucks in the TV show. Yeah. Uh, Urine Greyjoy is really fucking cool in the books. Okay. He's just like, he's only got one eye, first of all. Yeah. Uh, he's just a full-on fucking crazy pirate. He's also got his brother hanging around. Not Balin Greyjoy, but okay. Victorian Greyjoy. Okay. Uh, Urine Crow's Eye Greyjoy, they call him. And he's kind of like a magical wizard dude yeah. who's also just an insane psychopath pirate. Um, but, like, he's not Jack Sparrowing around 
he's just like he's like a dark vengeful dude okay and so a uh, theory i saw online is that he's gonna use magic or whatever to just like cover that fleet in fog okay so that it will explain why an ambush could happen okay yeah uh and maybe he'll use some sort of because he's using all sorts of blood magic to do shit in the books okay um Though I need to reread A Feast for Crows and Dance with Dragons, which are the two books he shows up. Yeah. Because I don't really remember them super well. But So like I could see how they, they could have set if they took if they basically made the length of that scene like I don't know, instead of twenty seconds and made it like a minute and a half, you could have done you could have made justified it very easily. Yeah. Which is like, okay, like they shoot they miss the first time and then they go on they she just does the dive bomb because she's just thinking impulsively. And then, but like, maybe they were already ready for that. They they like kind they, of they reload led her into that yeah. position. Or yeah, or they reload because if yeah. you're going if you're flying straight in, then it's much easier to hit. Like the way they stay, they framed it. It's like he's flying on the side and gets hit three times in a row, and, and like with no misses. And I'm like, that's so unlikely. And another way they could have done that would be like them flying past, and then like suddenly a hail of arrows comes by all at once. Yeah, and then in that context, three hitting is like. Is makes perfect sense actually. Yeah. Uh, so they just yeah, execution flops so much. It really feels like because it kind of felt like um, at the end of the episode beforehand, it kind of felt like that dragon might have died already. Oh yeah, and yeah. that would have just made more sense. That also and it would have also been. raised the stakes and the tragedy of of how beaten up they were. Yeah. by the White Walkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so ratings, <laughs> more ratings, right? Yeah. Episode five, uh, bells. the bells. It, that was mixed, but like, it's like it, 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 the mixedness hinges mainly on the fact that they didn't. Uh, they they again, this is something they could have fixed, but like the 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 reveal that Danny turns, mm. uh, I just they didn't do enough character work for that. It's it's a you know it's a pacing issue. And like they like a couple of solutions, right? One would be just give her a monologue, saying listing out that like telling somebody I don't know who, but at this point maybe Grey Worm, maybe Grey Worm's like, should we give him? You know, should we be merciful? And then yeah. she's like, she explains why she doesn't want to be right. Just that alone, that's like the most simple and clunkiest way. But even that would have helped so much. And there's other ways. I was thinking like maybe. Maybe she loses somebody else in an explosion, or thinks she does. Uh-huh. Like as they're as they're just advancing on the red keep, everybody else is surrounded, but they're just walking through the streets. So she triggers some of that wildfire. She loses somebody, and then she goes haywire. I mean, that would have made sense too. There's like so many ways they could have done it. I'm like, that's so frustrating. But like the turn itself, I'm like, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay. It, it's narrative. It, it it really yeah. Uh... There are people online who are like, what the fuck is this turn? Yeah. And you know what? They've kind of been hinting that it could happen yeah, this yeah. entire time. Right. I'd say, like, uh, there's a good video that I saw that that was, like, foreshadowing is not character development, which explains the problem with that. So I, but, agree, I agree that it was foreshadowed, for sure. Yeah. But, um, but I will say it does feel like you can still kind of see that side of her. And I think this is something I love about the books. So here's my thing. Is yeah. I loved that episode. I see, like, I, I can exactly see yeah. why, because, um, like, if you have the books to fall back on, yeah. like, you could, you could, in the books, it would obviously, she's a point of view character. Yeah, character. yeah, no, so, so that's would, my you thing. Would, you would definitely know that Because part of it, part, well, but part of the, part of the interesting thing about the Game of Thrones series in general is that it's a series, or not Game of Thrones, 
specifically A Song of Ice and Fire, yeah. the book series, is that it's a point of view book. Yeah. So you're looking at every story where every narrator is the hero of their own story. Yeah. So almost everything that goes on in Essos with Daenerys is you're looking at it from the point of view that she she's essentially, I mean, it's the victors tell the stories. Yeah. And almost everything going on in that uh, she's the point of view character. There's occasional moments where Quentin Martell shows up and he's the point of view character or Barrison Selmy even has a couple chapters. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you're just looking at this person and in her story. And this is something that they do in the finale where Tyrion's just like, she's been seeing herself as the hero this yeah, entire yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and that's harder to translate yes. in a television show. Yeah, I understand. Um, but which is why, yeah. Uh, and I can understand, especially like if you've been watching the show and you don't have that point of view because you haven't you haven't gotten that from the books and that's part of why i've been enjoying the series is because the way i the this season is because the way i've been constructing it is oh this is just this is just like a visual representation of yeah, what yeah, will happen so, in the books so it's you're, yeah you're because you're you're informed by the point of view of the nature of the books. yeah and i can understand it sense about yeah it, yeah way. and i but also i don't know um i don't know like yeah and and so it is pretty shitty because they are kind of they are trying to like because a lot of people just watch the show, yeah. yourself included. Yeah. Most people just watch the show, yeah. uh, and so these things should be translated to the show itself for that um, for that audience. Yeah. Though I will say there are moments where I don't know. It does feel like yeah, she can be a little bit vindictive, and she does kind of see right. But maybe they should have said that a little clearer. But yeah. like I just rewatched because I'm saying I'm rewatching season yeah. four. So I just rewatched the episode where she liberated Marie, yeah, uh, and she does the thing where she's like, "All right, well, we're gonna put all these fucking masters on the crucifixes." Yeah, we just yeah. saw all these children do that, yeah. and yeah, maybe they deserve it a little bit, but it's also just showing that like she views justice as kind of a absolute thing, yeah, as a as, um, a, as a revenge driven thing, yeah, yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. She she's kind of a merciless individual. I mean, she does the same thing when she kills the Tarleys, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she's kind of just been showing that this entire time, and Tyrion has, and Varys have been a little bit worried about that. Uh, so so I, guess, I would, I would say, like, I, I would have wanted another solution, right? Would have been to give her just one more baby step of like killing somebody that was innocent, yeah, and not giving a fuck about it, like, yeah, like somebody that never opposed her, that or didn't betray her. Like, obviously, the Tarleys fought against her, so she, you know, there's some justification yeah. in the viewers' minds, and so, and same with Varys, right? It just give her one more one some person that she just kills like just for the fuck of it, and that would have been just a one a good enough bridge. I and think. that's another reason they should have paced these out a little yeah. bit longer because there would have been more time to show her descent. Whereas instead, it was just like at the beginning of that episode, it's just one of Varys's little birds is just coming up and yeah. being like, "Oh yeah, she hasn't been eating. She's sad." Yeah, um, and yeah, it is kind of they don't show it as much. Yeah. Uh, so and then the finale. So my grave or my my impressions of that were like. So what happened for me was when um when John stabs her. I'm like I literally said, wait, that's it. I'm like, oh man, I, I was just so let down. I, there's there could have been a lot more of a swell too, as far as like the cinematography and the, and the music especially. That I felt like. I feel like that moment should have given been given even more weight than it was. I feel like it wasn't given enough weight. And and um I don't, I didn't not enough uh Daenerys reaction shot in that either. She just kinda like 
and then dies. Like it is pretty quick that yeah. the, her death. I I liked it, yeah. uh, but I do. I mean, that's another thing where once again, if they had more time to flesh out this yeah. series, um, like if they had another couple episodes, maybe that was the ending of episode nine of yeah. the season, and then season ten or episode ten. That's when they do the yeah, quick little the, time the, jumps. Yes. Tyrion's got a bigger beard, and they do yeah, the council. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could have been the ending of the episode is just Drogon carrying her off. Yeah, um, and that that might that have held been, a little bit more weight. That would have been really good, actually. And now that I ima- and as I imagine that, I'm like, that would have been so good. And then you have a whole hour to devote uh, to everyone's ending. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, yeah. My my number one issue with. That the is, last couple seasons is that they just decided to rush through it. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the biggest problem. I don't, I don't really have an issue with pretty much any of the events themselves. Yeah, yeah. just the weight they gave them. Yeah, I, I agree. So, like, but that that makes it re- like I, I wouldn't say it's. I don't even. I, I don't know if I would say it was. Ba- it was very disappointing and frustrating. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's disappointing and frustrating because I know. If that if given proper weight, how good it could have been, you know, it could have been so much. It, it could have been so yeah. good. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I land on this. And I think, um, man. how do you feel about uh, Bran being king? It's man, it's okay. Okay, it's not actually okay. So the only thing that I will say was bad yeah. that I, I really actively disliked and and, and ter- was just the way they treated the Night King. Like that, that, that that's the worst, the worst, the worst oh, thing. And uh, I, I held yeah. out hope until the last because you know I saw the trailers for this for the finale, and there was snow, and I'm like, maybe something's happening, and then nothing happens. I'm like, no. But I, now, now I that really we know, hope that's more fleshed out when the yeah. books come out. But also, once again, there are so many people who love this series who don't read the books, and so it's if it, even if it is more fleshed out in the books, those people are still robbed of. You guys, I keep saying yeah, those people. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it could it could be you because it's possible that like he just never comes out with the babes. Maybe I don't. Oh, I, I'm gonna like like it's the most likely scenario that a Dream of Spring never comes out. Uh, which, first of all, that's what they should have ended the last episode at. The the the, the title, title should have been a Dream of Spring the title. Yeah. So much of those last scenes were. Were yeah, were very they were a dream of spring. They were very I liked, spring-like. Yeah. I liked a lot of the endings, if I'm being yeah, honest. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I know some, a lot of people on the internet aren't happy about it. I actually really like Bran <laughs> ending up as gay. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like I said, I'm mad on that. It's not great or not terrible. I'm like, okay, that may kind of make sense. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, the other character send-offs, uh, John going back to the wall, was a, I felt was appropriate. I think that's one of the more fitting endings. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not saying Bran's the most fitting, fitting yeah. ending. He's probably one of the lesser of the main characters fitting it. I'd say, like, all the all the endings are fitting, not... It didn't completely... La- I, I'd say, like, the, the, the last part of it landed more than, than the beginning. Like, yeah. uh, until until Daenerys dies, like, that 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 section didn't really land for me. I think as a lot of really could have. that section where it's they're kind of going through the fallout of mm-hmm. the last episode yeah. and they're kind of finishing up the Daenerys storyline, yeah. for me, I don't know, a lot of it just kind of felt like, oh, these are things that I feel like I've just read enough online and just this is all stuff that we've pretty much pretty know is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm being honest, like, I cheered when Drogon burned the, the throne Drogon, down because yeah, yeah. that's been that was my number one prediction all season is that yeah. Drogon melts the throne. Yeah. Uh, and no one ever gets to sit on it. Yeah. Um, uh, 
and she doesn't. So. She doesn't. She doesn't. She's kind of happy. If I'm being honest, I've been somebody who's kind of been rooting against Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, because 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 I kind of have always felt that the the Mad Queen was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so also, I did kind of cheer in the episode when she did her heel turn. Yeah. Because yeah. I was like, oh, yes, they're going for it. Because part of yeah. me was worried they wouldn't go for it. Because one of my issues with the TV show over the books uh, is that at some moments it feels like they make choices because these characters are fan favorites and they make choices that feel crowd pleasing as opposed yeah. to what's actually going to happen yeah. in the books. Uh, and so I was worried they might. But they couldn't do that because that's clearly such a fit part of the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, like, I, but I, they I, did go through that too quickly. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the decision, like again, like a lot of the individual things, the decisions, like I'm like in a vacuum. When you, if they if paced right, I would definitely agree with. I'm just yeah, like the long night was a good episode by itself. Yeah. But in the context of this greater TV this show, this huge buildup of what the Night King is supposed to be, and like no, yeah, yeah, it just drops the ball on that. It just somewhere. it feels like we got all this cool lore, and there were a lot of mystery. There's we like didn't get a lot of forest, and none of that comes back at all. Yeah, it's just like I was like, that's the solution. The solution you just stab him, and that was all there ever was to it. You just have to get close enough to stab him. Um, and. and and they never really like. I feel like we we were gonna go more into the three eyed raven. We're gonna go more right. into the old gods and the or, or of the forest. Whatever Sam's been researching, maybe he yeah. comes up with something that he sees in in his books because that's that's why he was fucking sent to the to the fucking whatever the the old town, old town. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's and like, all he figured out was that uh, John the Targaryen. The Jars, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I I hope. We get some Sam chapters in the books. I, once again, I'm yeah. sorry to keep bringing yeah. up the books. Yeah. Uh, I know I made I did this thing when we were doing the Marvel episode where I just kept bringing up the comics. I feel like it is a bit more germane to no, this but one this is definitely more germane up the books. because because I mean because it, it's, it's the direct e story. It's, it's even possible that I will now read or listen to the books because I'm like may, I'm just hoping for like a better resolution. Yeah, <laughs> that, that like. Yeah. But the thing is, with the books, you might not even get a resolution, which is really annoying. Yeah. Um, I hope that in the books to come. There are just chapters of just Sam chilling in Old Town, yeah. uh, just straight yeah. up reading the histories yeah. of the lore of and just like learning things. Like, because I don't know, I've been looking at a lot of lore recently yeah. in general, uh, and there is a lot of it, um, but maybe not as much as there could be for the night. I don't know. In the books, I I'm, I I, I totally re remember. My understanding is that the Night King really isn't the same. Yeah, thing. yeah. But like, I but just for background for you is like I have been reading like not just recently but even like over some period of time yeah i have been reading like the background from the books from the the wikis it's a lot of fun to go through yeah, that yeah. wiki i do yeah. that at work sometimes yeah, yeah. and like i'm like i'm okay if it, like i don't discover it in the you know, yeah in the process of reading especially like the night king stuff which is different yeah that was entirely different yeah basically the night king as far as i remember was uh was uh, the 13th lord commander of the night's watch probably it's dramatized to be the 13th because unlucky numbers. Yeah. Uh, fell in love with a White Walker woman, woman and then married her, basically. Yeah, because the, the White Walkers in the books are much more like evil elves in a weird uh -huh. way. I don't know. They're like an evil children of the forest. I feel like they're they're kind of their own race okay, yeah. sort of thing. I don't know. That's my understanding. Once again, I need to reread. I just finished Clash of Kings, so I still have three more books yeah. to reread. I haven't read these books since 2012. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, or 2013, one of those two years. Um, so it's been a minute, and I don't really totally remember a lot of 
things. A lot of I'm finding because while I'm rereading these um, and rewatching the show at the same time, is that I'm finding that a lot of my memories have been overshadowed by the TV show because I've rewatched the TV show but I haven't reread the books. Yeah, yeah. Um, like what was something? I don't know. There were a few things that I just remembered. Oh, I thought this happened in a different order. Oh, one thing that happened is um, I just remember at the end of Clash of Kings is Rickon and, o- and Osha uh-huh. uh, leave immediately after Winterfell burns. Okay. But they hang around with Hodor, Mira, and Bran a little bit longer in the, in the TV show. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's like a really small change, but that's yeah. something that I was like, oh, oh I totally yeah. didn't realize. I thought they were with them for longer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's like a dumb thing to think of. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, what'd you think of? Actually, I'll bring something up. Yeah, bring something up. Bring something up. Bring something so up. Finale, actually, so thematically, like, again, this is why I feel like it could have been so much better. But thematically, you know, um, the Naris's heel turn actually fits into a lot of, uh, into a lot of, like, history, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think thematically, uh, the finale was dead on. Yeah. Um, and that's what I loved about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I so um, people have compared the the scene where he she walks out to the to give her speech is very much like Triumph of Will. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't know. There that was. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, but, you've never seen a. No. What's what's her face? Uh, Reifenstahl's uh, a great Triumph of the Will. No. Okay. Good. I don't think I. I think we saw scenes of it in a German film class. I saw. Okay. Once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a it's very. It's, yeah. it's a Nazi propaganda. It's film, very. Yeah. It's. Very much a Hitler moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now, so t- to throw to another very much mirrored dictator, I felt like her speech was very much a Stalin speech. Yeah, it's a very, very like um, you know, a kind of classical Marxist revolution, you know, people type thing. Well, she's very much deluded herself into believing that yeah. what she is doing is yeah is right yeah. Is, is right. It, it, it it's going to be bloody. Yeah, she's going to achieve a better yeah. world through fire and blood. Yeah, she believe she genuinely believes that's okay. Yeah, so to me, she's very like that part of it. Her actual philosophy is very much more of a Marxist one. Yeah, yeah, I see that. yeah. And actually, the yeah. funny thing is, so I mean, I don't agree with Marxism or anything because I mean, as far because history has shown that it's the probably the most bloody. Uh, in terms of body count uh, way of government that humanity's ever seen. But I will say this, like in, in terms of um, in general, I'd say like the biggest impediment to progress in the world is, is just entrenched interests. Right. Because naturally, you know, if you, you built something, you want to protect it. So you built, so the world's built a power structure. And in, in the, in the case of Westeros, you know, like the power structure is like the individual kingdoms and stuff. Right. So, and individual rulers, whatever, whoever they happen to be, the slave masters in Marine and Karth, or the lords of Westeros, right? Yeah, and you so, have that, and you have that moment where they're also talking about like radically changing. Yeah, yeah. It, and they're where just, Sam they just is just like, yeah, yeah, let's change it to a democracy, and everyone laughs class. because they genuinely they, they still want to protect their indi- yeah, yeah. interests. Yeah, but they're doing it in a much more gradual way. Yeah. So in a sense, the wheel is broken, but in another it's sense, not, it's not the power structures are still the same. I would say like the wheel isn't broken; it just like it's reshaped a little bit, you know. Because yeah. I so that's that's a thematically it's like so I want to look something up really quick. Keep talking. Uh, so so um, that whole idea. So in a sense, if you do want to like, in a way, she's right. Yeah. In a sense that if you do want to radically change the world, you do have to destroy the old order. But there are pitfalls to that, right? Obviously, one of them is her becoming a tyrant herself. That's the most obvious one. But also, it's just like you do lose a lot of that knowledge, right? And that's kind of some things. 
a lot of the things you see and hear about in terms of like the communist takeovers of Russia is like you just you just lose the knowledge that these business people have accumulated because you just decided to kill them, you know? Yeah. So and and um, like a lot of the consequences are, for example, and I, I think I've talked about this to you, but like in China with um, like one of the big things was uh, it was is like the fat like so the the punchline of the fat that were that like killed like ten million like around ten million people, right? But the the, the lead up to that is actually there's a common several factors, right? Like it's just because the the incentives were uh, the weird incentives of being a communist system um, made it so that people up report their 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 agriculture right that's one of them yeah another one is just this weird idea of like well we want uh, we want agriculture to thrive so we need to kill pests right and one of the pests apparently was sparrows so they had these campaigns i've seen these posters not, not online not not in like actual real life in china but and the, there's these posters there's these, like the historical posters of like it's a kid with a slingshot and the slogan is like let's like hey everybody let's go kill sparrows you know what's really funny about that is i was just listening to a podcast yeah. earlier this week yeah uh that was basically saying talking about how in world war one to get kids involved in the fight uh against of world war one yeah was they had they they started a propaganda campaign in america yeah that was like kill squirrels kill squirrels pests yeah. yeah, and it was there was a competition of children killing sports. Yeah. So it's very interesting that there's kind that's of that, interesting. Yeah, yeah. That so parallel. yeah, so yeah. but this in this case it's like well actually sparrows may eat crops occasionally, but you know what else they eat? Bugs like locusts. Yeah. So like so you don't want to fuck up the food chain. Yeah. Like so they fucked they fucked up the food chain like terribly and basically um, like yeah some locusts came and ate all the crops then and then everybody was fucked. And I mean, this is shit like my parents lived through, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just that that's the reality of what some of what happens with communism. Just like the, the loss of information, right? It's yeah. like, you know, so that's that's part of like the one of the themes of like, yes, you to radically change the world. You probably do have to kill everybody that that was of the old order. But at the same time, you lose a lot. Yeah. Is it right in, in the first place? And um, in terms of, you know, quote unquote morality and it does it actually make a better world because also and the way you do it. Are you just replacing one power structure with another oppressive power structure? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and a lot of the theme of that last episode is that in the show in general yeah. is that uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's why Drogon burns the throne is because he's like, oh, well, just all we're. That's the symbolism. Yeah, a lot of symbolism. people have obviously been making jokes about the whole thing of like, oh, so dragons understand symbolism now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, apparently they do. I mean, there's yeah. like, once again, dragons are, are magical beings who uh, who are symbolism. Yeah. yeah who, I mean, I think I do understand symbolism actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, a lot yeah, of people no. are making that joke, but like, but I mean, like, apparently they do. Like, you know what? It, it, I think it's been said in universe that dragons are somewhat smarter than humans on some level, uh -huh. um, or at least they have like an innate understanding of the universe. It was just like, oh well, yeah. let's just burn this fucking material thing that people keep fighting, right, right. even though it's just a symbol. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. So another thing along this, so um, one of the things is that, and this relates just directly to to like having too much power, is that I mean, so. She makes mistakes, right? So Daenerys makes mistakes, right? You could, you could, 
and and she doesn't redeem herself after burning King's Landing, but like you could see a world where she she does and she repents, right? But at the same time, part of it is because she has so much power, her mistakes are magnified. And yeah. of course, that's the same story with all these like tyrannical power structures, where it's like, I mean, like the um, whoever came up with the sparrow shooting campaign was like had good intentions, but he was just obviously not smart enough to realize that that um, sparrows also kill bugs. So like his small mistake, like if he if it was just one dude killing one sparrow, nobody fucking cares. Yeah. But because he implements on a fucking national on a level, massive level, yeah, it yeah. just like fucks everything up so badly. Well, another thing about her mistakes is that's kind of what led her to the sack of King's Landing is is because every time she made a mistake in the in the TV show, most of the time her mistakes were because of mercy. Yeah, and she learned that like. Basically, the lesson she keeps learning over and over again yeah. in Game of Thrones is is that fire and blood is what is the only thing that ever leads her closer to her. Goal. It's way more effective. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think, like, again, like that's somewhat actually true because, again, it, uh, power structures that exist want to keep things the way they are. So the fact that like the Sons of the Harpy became a thing, yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. And like that's actually that actually is the lesson. Yeah. Um, but whether or not it's right is a totally different story. No, exactly. It's just like, yeah, it, practically speaking, yeah, you do have to kill a fucking lot of people. But also, at the same time, it's like, she really didn't have to kill all the people of King's Landing either. Like, yeah. if she went around killing all the lords, that would have actually made a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was a, it was very much a very sudden heel turn where it was just like, oh, she's just going to kill innocents now. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think part of it was just she wanted to make, like... Oh, she, she wanted to feel wanted better to, about herself, basically. She yeah. wanted to feel better. Because but I mean, that also, she just wanted to put the fear of God yeah. into everybody, yeah. into all her potential enemies, to be like, That's, if yeah, you yeah. wrong me, I will kill all your people. Yeah. Um, not just you. Yeah. Um, was part of where it was. I don't yeah. know. I, so I know that's part of it. I, I think for me, a bigger part of it was the fact that she was just in a really bad emotional state, you know? Yeah. And, and because and because she's she has so much power her being in that state is a really bad thing for everybody else. Yeah. And again, that's a thing we see in like, in dictators, right? It's like, uh, like, like Stalin becomes paranoid, like 10,000 people die, you know? Well, like you can even see it on a micro level. Like if you're in a really emotional state, um, maybe, maybe you shouldn't drive a car because then, because then you might hurt somebody. Yeah. But but again, that's, it's a micro level because you don't have as much power. But the point is once you're in a car, suddenly you have slightly more power than you would if you weren't in a car. That's true. Yeah. You might be more unhinged. My point is that obviously there's a domino Uh, effect and it gets more and more. Yeah. Uh, It's just like you give an erratic personality, uh, the keys to a nuke, which is essentially what happened uh, in, in that episode where she was just kind of not in a great mental state. And she has the keys to the Westeros version of a nuke. Right, right, um, yeah. Oh, and by the way, like I've I've read it's, it's a bring yeah, to bring it back to like the World War II analogy, like I've read people say that like her attacking King's Landing was like dropping a nuke, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, I I kind of agree from that perspective from her attacking, but uh, but the on the ground it read to me more as like the fall of Berlin. <laughs> Yeah, on, on the groundwork with the the unsullied and the, the Northmen, like just like raping and pillaging, I was like, that is fall of Berlin. The hardest part for me was seeing the Northmen like being, yeah, because like the the unsullied are just gonna follow Danny, uh, and at least they're just gonna they're they're only gonna kill people. Yeah, right? so yeah, they're not they're not gonna rape people, yeah. and then you watch yeah. the fucking Northmen go insane and rape people, and it was kind of a it reminded you of back in the early days of the series where. Um, 
the wolves were fighting the lions. Uh, and at first, like, you're just viewing that the Starks are the good guys, but then yeah. you kind of see that their soldiers are doing just as bad to the kingdoms as the Lannisters are doing. Oh, right, you're at that one uh, scene where I think where there were Jamie and, uh, yeah, and, and they, Jamie and they, Brienne encounter they, some Stark they, soldiers, basically, yeah. They they encounter a bunch of women who yeah. are hung, and it's there's, like, a sign that's just, says, like, yeah, they, uh, they lay with lions. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 and it kind of reminded me of that, but it was kind of crazy to... Because, you, you know, these are the people who just defeated the Night King. Uh, yeah. Um, and now, like, good for Jon Snow for killing that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Have we run out of things? I, I, I feel one, like there's like a billion things I yeah. can talk about here. There's one more thing that I, that was brought up on, on social media that I'm like, yeah, I, I see that as, a, as somewhat problematic. What? Uh, is the fact that um, basically the strongest female character and her army as villains are basic are the only people of color in that. In, in I do think that is problematic. I like, problematic. like yeah. I do think I think it's problematic the way just at the moment. Like it's problematic because there aren't any other people of color. I mean, I think it's still yeah. the right. It was still the right decision for the show. I, narratively, but, I, I agree, but also, yeah. but like also, yeah. There's yeah because. Because I, there are no other, yeah, it's not ha- the rest of it is not handled well. Exactly, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not necessarily because it's bad for that arc. It's just that there's no other arcs, and there are a lot of moments in that show that it's just like. And once again, I think there are moments that are handled. They're not always handled perfectly in the books, but a lot of times they're handled better in the books. Right. So, like a lot of times, rape is used in the TV show in a way that it wasn't used in the books. Right. Uh, so, like, first of all, you have that scene, I think, in episode four, where Sansa's like, yeah, I got raped, and I'm a better person. Oh, right, that was like, Which is uh, a really... Yeah. No. That's very, just no. That's (laughs) not... That's essentially what she did, was like, yeah, I'm stronger. Like, that's, I don't know, that's handling it bad. And also, once again, that's the thing I like in the books, because you're not having a point-of-view character get raped and have her character growth happen... So, like, explain character growth solely because of that. Obviously, there's, I don't know, they they use they use sexual violence a lot in the TV show in a way that it's, um, it's just bad. Yeah, it's like there's a scene, there's a scene in the TV show where this is the worst scene in the TV show, in my opinion. Uh, Jamie rapes Cersei. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard yeah. that. Yeah, because also yeah. that 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 in the like, books it's consensual. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, it's weird because it's next to their dead son. Right, right. but it's consensual. Uh, yeah, and I remember I, I remember people being disliking it because apparently it changes the the character dynamic between them. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, like and they they like don't address it. Really. Yeah, they also don't address it. Uh, so like basically, I, I like to pretend that scene didn't happen. I just rewatched that scene a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, really cringeworthy scene. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I think there was also a little bit of with the people of color being the people who yeah. are the ones who are essentially. So the thing is, also, I mean, not just that, but also the fact that they're foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you think yeah. about it, uh, so. Oof. Uh, I mean, I'll say this though, for just as a slight counterpoint to that, nobody likes an, a foreign invading army. Yeah, that's. But also, just to begin with, the Targaryens, who were the whitest of the white people, they're also a foreign. They were a foreign, like even yeah. before three hundred years ago during Aegon's co- yeah, yeah. conquest, 
that they they were an imperialistic power that uh came in and like uh were foreign invaders in yep. the society yep. but it's like easier to frame that because they're just the whitest of white people also they're technically refugees at that moment because the the doom of valyria yep. uh I don't that, that doesn't make it any better by the doesn't. way doesn't but no, like yeah it's it doesn't um <laughs> uh, and also uh, in the TV show, obviously, like, Grey Worm and Masande are pretty much the only people of color who are main characters. Yeah, right, yeah. In the books, they're very different characters. Okay. Just yeah. those two characters are pretty different. Like, I think they gave Grey Worm a lot more heart in the TV show. Uh-huh. And in the book, he kind of feels a little bit more ruthless. Okay. Uh, in a, but also, he has a lot less agency in general. Okay. Um, so you can... Because, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's just a universe where... Um, not a universe. It's a series where I mean, there should be more main characters of color, and there aren't. Um, I mean, it's, and so they had to. They they should obviously put more characters in the forefront who are. I mean, to be fair, it's like let, let's let's just be honest. This this TV show is about a fantasized version of Great Britain, right? Yeah. So in that context, like it makes sense. But at the same time, you could have cha- like you know they do have enough freedom to, to put more people in you know yeah and I mean there's it's like, a fantasy world yeah there's and there's there's like random shit like for example in um like you could make the Tyrells black yeah like there's no just ra- like it's you a could, fantasy you just world. could right <laughs> and like also for example like like I have a version of Henry V right on uh, it's uh, it's the um, Hollow Crown version yeah with Tom Hiddleston okay as as Henry it's a fantastic fucking movie. And that's actually where I know him from originally. But so there's there's a Duke of York who's black, and it's like that obviously didn't happen in historical yeah. England. But like like we're just like fuck it, right? Let's do it. It's a fucking fantasy world. Yeah. You can do whatever. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said, like that was that's a history that I'm talking about with Henry V. Yeah. And they still did. And it's like yeah, it's like like it doesn't matter. Well, no, my, my point is like you can do it. I know in, it, Shakespeare. But you can even do it more that's in yeah, Game exactly, of Thrones. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah, it has yeah. no basis. Right, it has, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can think of one character who they did change the race of, which is Zero. Uh, he's from season two. Oh, Zoxos. Zoxos, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, in the, the books, he's team. a white guy with a weird... But also in the books, he's probably gay, and he's definitely straight, or at least he seems straight uh, in the in the TV shows. Yeah, at least... At least <laughs> they uh, changed a little bit of his diversity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one for the other. Uh, <laughs> um... But um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely it, it's it's a little uncomfortable, and I do I do think that that is a very valid argument. That yeah, yeah they've kind of framed it, especially in the political moment we're in at the right moment, in the moment, right? Yeah, where yeah. Uh, like like any time it would be bad, but in the particular moment we're in, having it be the foreign people of color yeah. be the bad guys yeah. uh, does feel a little icky. Yeah, uh, and also having your your lead female character, but also you could argue that your lead female character was also Arya or Sansa. Um, sure. uh, I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, I, 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 I've been against Daenerys from the start. Uh, <laughs> Daenerys, look, look, all you saw people. Saw coming. Hashtag saw coming. Hashtag saw it coming. Look, it was good that she freed all the slaves and stuff, but she was doing it with because fire she had her blood. own she was doing it with fire and blood yeah. she was doing it because she had all that white guilt you know what she's the Taylor Swift of feminists um, <laughs> uh, or the Taylor Swift of Westeros uh, you know what I mean yeah. uh, look it was always coming uh, <laughs> uh, you named your kids Khaleesi that's that's on you you should have named 
You should have named them Arya or Sansa. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that most of the re- like that's that's not all the way the the thing that made the season fall flat to me. Yeah, it was it was just the storytelling and the pacing that like I think the pacing. Yeah. The, I Ugh. overall liked the season, but once again, I've explained that away of just being like I I. I just see it as the bare bones of the series anyways. And I just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. like, I don't know. I, I just enjoyed my time and kind of took a backseat to the, some of the, I, I understand yeah. why people are taking faults. Uh, but I think the number one issue was the pacing. Yeah, that's uh, definitely. I think the events that happened along the way would make sense with a little bit more breathing room. Yeah. A little bit more character moments to explain them. Yes. And maybe a little bit more, a little bit more lore moments. Yeah, yeah. That would help the Night King part. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I, I feel like that if there's anything that's going to change dramatically on how it's handled in the books, I think that's it. Because, um, because yeah. well, as we've discussed, there's no fucking Night King so far in the same way. How do you feel about because they've announced all these like prequels and stuff or spinoffs, and one of them, the one that's like going to happen, yeah, is the Long Night. Okay, uh, featured starring Naomi Watts. That's all we know about it, but it takes place during the original Long Night. I uh-huh. Um, so maybe she's the Waywalker. Maybe. No, I don't think that's how they're going to do it in the TV series. I don't know. How do you feel about those shows happening? I, I'll probably watch them. Like, I, 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 it's not an excuse to not explain it away in the main TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, like, like because, because no matter what happens in the, in the previous lore, it's still going to just end with, like, poorly explained, like, no, very little pathos catharsis. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Like, when I, I said, like, I, I'm okay with Arya killing him. That 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 wasn't a big thing for me, although some, for some people it was. But it was just like, wait, the solution is you stab him, and, the, and that's it. And yeah. Like, oh man, really? It was just, it was just like that. Yeah. It was just I I I I'm I think I think an annoying complaint is the complaint that oh it was Arya who killed him? It should have been John. I'm like, like, that's kind of a dumb complaint. I'm like, I but, see where they're coming from, but I'm like, I. Like personally, I just like nah, yeah, whatever. Oh, oh, the the reason one of the reasons that people give for that, and this is where I where I give them like the benefit of the doubt partially is it's like well she has no had no scenes with there's no history there in the characters mm-hmm. and so like a fighter yeah. should it does feel like it's been John's thing yeah of this entire story yeah. of him or John or you could also argue Bran yeah. uh, their whole thing has been exploring the White Walkers yeah. stuff. Uh, I'd say they're the two who are most of the main characters who yeah. are most involved with the White Walkers. Yes. Uh, and it kind of, like, it, it was annoying to me that they didn't explore more of that with Bran, because he, he goes off into Ravens and, like, that's that's all he does, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just feel, like, just, so, one of my big feelings about Game of Thrones in general um, is that First of all, it's a story about stories. Yeah. That's why it's called The Song of Ice and Fire, because yeah. it's each of these characters, it's each of them has a different song in their own way, yeah. and they're all interconnecting songs. Yeah. Um, and that's why, I don't know. Um, and they're each kind of going through their own heroic tale, and they're each kind of doing the uh, the hero's journey as it is in yeah. their own way. At least all of the characters who, point in the view. books, are point-of-view characters. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's how I view it. And part of me kind of wants to, at some point, try and read the series but only go only go each point of view story. Oh yeah, yeah, just like yeah, like yeah. Just read all the John chapters all, of yeah, one, all of one, all of the other, and then all yeah, yeah. And I think you miss a you might miss a little bit, but I think in like just the arc of that character's story will make sense. Yeah, just by going that way, and I think that's a really cool thing about it. 
Um, but just the way it's all structured, because they're, 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 you can make arguments about who is the main character yeah. of this series. And just I remember the first time I read the first book and just reading it, I felt I had this feeling uh, that there was kind of a long game here where Bran might be the main character. Okay. Um, and it, me saying that now with him being the guy who ends up king kind of feels like I'm rewriting history. But it's because he's the first point of view character you get other yeah. than the prologue. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of feels – and it's just a very stereotypical – fantasy okay, story bookend. yeah it, it makes sense as just like how fantasy stories go and also he kind of feels like the harry potter of this story yeah, and also the fact that he's like he, he has all the memory yeah really, so he kind of is the one who goes into the most he steps into the most magical parts of this world oh, yeah um i mean you could argue that daenerys and john also go through the most magical parts of the world uh or maybe Arya with the faceless men um though i think another thing is a lot of the universe within the TV show feels a little less magical to me. Yeah. Uh, feels like they've ignored some of the magical stuff. Yeah. Uh, just to make it more palatable and to more, audiences. More, a bit more grounded, yeah. Yeah. To ground it. Because, yeah. once again, just like Detective Pikachu, um, live... Uh, live action. It's easy yeah. to take certain things with a grain of salt if you're if you're not watching them in live action, but if you're watching them in live action, uh, crazy weird fantasy stuff doesn't make as much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or at least it's harder to explain it away. But if it's like a cartoon, or if it's even just, if it's words on a page, especially, yeah, it's easier to kind of hand wave a lot of that. Um, I don't know. It just as somebody who's read a lot of fantasy stories, it kind of felt like you know, Brand's kind of going through the typical "I'm a kid and I'm stepping into this magical world" journey. Okay, yeah. Uh, or like I don't know. Uh, one of my friends told me that she had read something from Todd Vanderwerf that. From the analysis of the writing style of George R. R. Martin, that he predicted Bran would be king. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think like your here intuition about that might be more than just like yeah, yeah. It's like it comes can, from a, comes from a, a good place. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's more of a gut feeling than me reading into anything. Yeah. It's just more of I've read enough stories to to know. kind of have a idea of where story structure goes. Right, right. And, and, and I don't, I don't think I was. I honestly, the king, him becoming king, was a surprise to me. Yeah. But it just sort of felt like he was always going to... Whatever his ending was going to be, was going to be something huge. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Um, and I feel... So that the, one funny thing, by the way, about that is if you set up this idea of um, of subversion of expectations, right? Yeah. Then it's either... So it, there's there, there are two paths for that then, which is like either it's something huge in one way or something huge the other way. So it's actually... Even though it's it may be a subversion, it's actually like... The subversion is still a big deal. Still has to be a big deal because, like, let's, let's go back to Endgame. Like Thor's arc in Infinity War is actually, you know, the, it's a classic subversion of the hero's journey where he's like, he gets this close yeah. to, to winning and he doesn't. So, but it's a huge deal that he doesn't, right? And it's and it's like it was always going. You knew it was going to be a huge deal, yeah. Whether or not he won or lost, yeah, yeah. Well, I and mean, here's the thing: is even with the subversion, you're still following the rules. Yes, you're still the rules still exist, yes. and even a subversion. Still follows the rules. And here's my thing. Like, so much of Game of Thrones is uh, a lot of people's analysis of it is, oh, my God, all the main characters die or whatever. Or at least that's how it felt in the beginning. But that's the thing is in the long game, it's still a very typical story structure. Yeah. It's still – it's not much of a subversion as much, especially in the books where, like, Rob Stark isn't a main character. Yeah. As much of a main character. Because um, it's a huge surprise when it seems like the big hero dies. But in the Right. Yeah. Um, 
in the book, he's less of the main hero because he never gets his own. You never see anything from his point of view. Uh, I mean, obviously there is that subversion with Ned Stark, but I still think his is still, once again, like all of these characters, they're having classical songs. Like each character could have a, uh, their own legend told about them in this yeah. universe. So you could tell the story of Jamie the Kingslayer. You could sing the yeah. song of Jamie yeah, yeah, the Kingslayer. Yeah. You could tell, you could sing the story of Bran the Broken. Yeah. And actually, so uh, a lot of people are like making fun of the fact that they're like, oh, he's, they immediately called him Bran the Broken. Uh-huh. And I actually think that's a great name for him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in part, because first of all, alliteration, it, not just that, yeah, but, but also yeah. it goes with the whole breaking the wheel thing. Okay. Yeah. In a weird, because broken. Yeah. Uh, but also it's just uh, an idea of like, first of all, they broke the traditional power structure a little bit, not yeah. totally. Um, and also, yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna fight against the broken. And he also the reason he's the perfect choice for King is because he has no ego anymore. Yeah, he really doesn't. Yeah, um, yeah which could, you could argue could be a bad thing, but it also I think in general it's probably he's he's the true new, neutral of the yeah. universe uh, yeah, yeah. nowadays. Uh, uh, one question on along the lines of Bran, though, then is like, how is he going to pass on the to the next three-eyed raven. So, my theory when they were doing the whole council thing yeah. was they were like, how are we... Right after they were like, oh, Bran can't have any children. Yeah. First of all, can he have no children? Is, yeah, that, like, is that a fact? How does Sansa know that? Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, has she, has she, like, tried? Yeah. No, no, it's, I feel like, like he's a guy just where his brain's at. I think he's just a guy who's become asexual just because he's just so yeah he's he he's, he's, he's so yeah but like knows. like yeah the although there were the there were the memes that Bran is just like watching porn of everybody fucking westeros <laughs> <laughs> you look so beautiful on your wedding night oh, oh no oh, oh no, no. Bran, 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 you have a dark taste uh, anyways no that was awkward oh, uh, oof. But, uh no, so you're saying that he can't have, okay uh, no uh so my my original thought was their next thing was just gonna be Oh, he's going to pick his successor, and the next king is going to be the next Three-Eyed Raven. It's going to keep going that way. But it didn't seem like that's the direction they were going. But once again, a nice thing about the ending to this show is that all the characters who did survive had a very open-ended... They're pretty... Yeah, they're fairly open-ended, yeah. Uh, Like, like there's all these people saying that John left with a wildling Sabine Kingman on the wall. Right, some people, yeah. But also, he's a guy who's all about duty, uh, so maybe he's... So he could be staying with the Night Watch, yeah. and he's just helping them forge a way out. Right? Yeah, yeah. It could but be also, either. It really, could be either. Yeah, but also one of the things he learned is that by when he killed Daenerys, yeah. it kind of was a moment for him just saying "fuck duty" a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's like to to mirror to, to bring it back to Endgame. It's like that's Cap's arc, which is like he's all about duty, and then he learns to think independently. Yeah, and uh, or rather, rather he's still he's still about duty and honor and all that stuff. But it's just like first he attaches it to the government. Then he he's broken of that in Winter Soldier, and then he goes through this arc of like, and then his the the, the, the um, he's broken of that even a little bit in Avengers yeah. when he sees uh, yeah, all the yeah, weapons they've been built for Shield, yeah. yeah. But then um, at the end, it, the f- f- the fulfillment of his arc is that he he does take something for himself finally, yeah, yeah, by by staying with Peggy in, in the past. And I think that's the perfect ending for Jon Snow because I think he was at his best when he was. With the free folk. When he was breaking, when he was able to break rules. Yeah, I think that's, like, he was obviously conflicted, but the reason he was conflicted is because he realized, oh man, this old world where I'm just a bastard, 
uh, and just like everything, like yeah. he's not having sex with anyone because he's worried about he's worried about yeah, his yeah. duty. And then Egret's able to. That's, that's what's yeah. saddest. Now he's got to find a new Egret. Oh, Egret was always my favorite uh, of his two love interests. Once again, <laughs> I'm anti Daenerys. Uh, <laughs> um, and her best love interest was Cal Drogo because she's a she's a vicious conqueror and he was a vicious, vicious conqueror. conqueror. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, oh yeah. Just another thing is. Um, well, they so they did pay off the vision. Yeah, they quite. They definitely like that. Well, that they didn't just pay off part. her visions. They also paid off some of brands. So in the bells, you see a quick shot of a. So I literally watched that episode, the, this episode of Brand's Vision, uh-huh. like a few episodes before rewatching the bells uh-huh. uh, yesterday. Um, there's a scene where there's you just see a dragon flying over King's Landing. Is it really the quick? shade of a dragon? Yeah, it's really quick. Yeah. But it's literally the same shot right before. Like, right after the bells rang, it, then she flies over, and you see the shadow of the dragon that's exactly the same as Bran's vision, yeah. and that's when she cuts loose and starts burning innocence. But you also, once again, uh, as you were saying, the, the visions in the Tower of the Undying. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was a... That was, because you had so much time to, like, sit with it. Yeah. That, that like, now I can actually rem- kind of remember it. It's like, oh, yeah, this all this actually makes sense, because that's when she does go back. Well, you know, if you think of the her believing in an afterlife. Yeah. Or the symbolism of that. Just well, the dies, symbolism yeah. is, yeah, is yeah. she sees the throne, she walks up to the throne in that scene, yep. and then the next thing she does is she unites with Drogo, Drogo. and Rhaegal. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's a, it's it's foreshadowing the fact that she, just she sees the throne and yeah, she dies. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, which, that that's cool. That's Yeah, that's actually um, a cool thing, yeah. Once again, I just said that I finished rereading Clash of Kings, which is the book where that scene happens, yeah. and the vision's slightly different. Uh, she does see the throne, uh-huh. um, but there's also like other things in that that's kind of cool. There's a whole thing. My favorite part of that vision is where she sees uh, a king with a wolf's head. Uh, it's clear, like at, at like a wedding feast. Uh, oh. Yeah. Reference to yeah, the red. Yeah. yeah. There's another one where there's just like a bunch of dwarves who are all um, representative of a ki- of a, one of the various kings because it's during the War of the Five Kings and they're all like fucking Westeros essentially. Okay, and that's it's a weird scene. Although that's like, isn't there? Isn't oh yeah, that's like the purple wedding. No, well yeah, because in the purple wedding they do have all they have all the, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 they have all the dwarves running around yeah. on the beach yeah. yeah. It's uh, very wedding oriented vision. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, she she foresees all the weddings. Uh, um, I mean, we're we're pretty good on time, so we yeah, should, we, are. we can wrap up. I, I, like we could keep talking forever can, about yeah. this, but you no, know, no reason to have a five hour episode. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the conclusion is like I mean I was uh, it was like Matt, the season for me the Game of Thrones season for me was Matt mainly because I. F- I felt like there could have been so much more. It could have been so much better. And I'm just like, oh, man, really? Once again, I've just been rating it uh, on a different scale ever since they yeah. fucked up Dorne. Because uh, in the books, oh, my God, the Martells were the best in the books. Okay, yeah. And then they fucking... Oberyn was cool yeah. in the TV show. Pedro Pascal. And then they went to Dorne. And, was, and the Sand Snakes were uninteresting. And they replaced Arian Martell's character with Illyria Sand. And because that's who should have been setting up the council, not the new Prince of Dorne, but the princess of Dorne, Arian Martell. And and they also didn't have Quentin Martell's storyline. And I'm speaking gibberish to you right now. Uh, so we're going to end this episode, I guess. Uh, I, once again, yeah, is uh, yeah. I like the season. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I like the ending. Yeah. Uh, I understand I people's complaints with yeah. it. I think I just set my expectations lower. Oh, and yeah. uh, once again, that 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 doesn't excuse anything. I mean, I could see why you why you would say you like it. Yeah, like and yeah, that's yeah, yeah, man. All right, this is uh, Eco and Zach from X Y Z signing off. I guess plugs. Nah. I don't have any. I don't feel. I, I don't plugs. Really feel like Fuck plugs, you man. guys. No plugs. No plugs. No plugs. I have to pee. Jeez, yeah, he's going been, on so long. Oh, he I've been finished his fucking coffee. Yeah, this whole episode, I've been drinking a large Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. If you've been wondering why I have a lot of energy, <laughs> this entire convo. I'm pretty loopy. I barely slept last night because of Game of Thrones. Yeah. All right. Well, we're signing off. Peace out. Later. <laughs>